Hello and welcome to the Heads and Volleys podcast with me, Lee Dunn. The 48-hour rule, or 24-hour rule, or 36 hours, or whatever you want it to be, is a rule that I've seen a lot of. It's typical in youth soccer clubs, maybe in other sports too, I'm not familiar with that. But the idea is that nobody can come and attack you in the parking lot is pretty much why the why the rule is in place and is pretty much the reason why I wrote the recent blog post on the 48-hour rule that as a coach, the last thing you want and the last thing anyone really needs is for a parent to come up to you in a parking lot and the primary reason they would probably do that after a game is to argue with you about playing time. And why has my kid not played a lot or why are other kids playing more than my kid? And so the typical argument is always about playing time. It's never really going to be about tactics. It's never really going to be about the score of a game or a decision you made about the way your team played the game. It's always typically going to be around the amount of playing time a player has. So how do we deal with that? The blog post itself contains some some pretty cool ideas, and if you followed along with my podcast and my blog and me in general in, in the world of soccer, you'll know that some of these things are things that I pushed for a long time, things like having an IDP, things like having a positional profile that you can begin to tie together a player's development pathway with the expectation of them on the field. You can tie that into your game model, but then also explaining your game model. So we talk about a lot of introduction meetings where you get to know families and say, this is who I am, this is my background, this is my resume, if you like, but then really get into giving them the answers. This is how the team is going to try and play. Perhaps it falls in line with the club, but then what does that look like in your environment? And then what does that look like in your practices too? So here's what you can expect to see if you stay and watch practice, or after you've picked up your kid from practice, here are the things that I would like you to talk about with that player. A lot of that comes with a weekly update. So you may say to them, this is what we did this week. This is what we're going to do next week in our game this coming weekend or in our game last week, depending how you want to date your weekly update. It could be a review or it could be a preview. This is what we are working on. So when your player or when our team maybe doesn't score 10 goals, but we've been working on certain combination plays or, or whatever the whatever the part of the model is, now the parents are looking for something different as opposed to just the result. If left to their own devices, they've paid, typically they're paying, they're paying for their player to play soccer. To play a game, you should win a game. Everybody wants to win a game. And therefore, the perspective and the opinion of everybody that's watching the game without much of a clue and who genuinely cares about their player is going to care about the result and they're going to care about the amount that their player plays because they are paying for their player to play. That's why we call it pay to play. So now if you've got a roster of 15 players and you're playing 11 v 11 and suddenly you're in a tough game, but you haven't really given anyone any insight as to what your decisions may be around this game or how much playing time may change, then suddenly you might find this argument happening in the parking lot that I referenced at the start of this. Now you may have rules. So for example, I coach in a club where the league would be open play which would be fair playing time, which would be everybody gets their chance. And then when it got to state cup, there would be a rule that you would be playing if you were benefiting the team. 
Now, it doesn't mean that your kid isn't going to play at all, but the expectation was set that your player, if they're impacting the game, if they're playing well, they will be playing more than perhaps somebody who might be a little weaker, who may be hindering the team in that certain performance. So now the the club, the coaches, the teams all understood what the approach of the club would be in those games. They knew that going to a state cup game, their playing time would not be equal. It would not be as fair as it would be in the league. That's one way that they decided to do it. And that was what I was involved in too. So that was the decision that I had to make with the club on which players would play more. Now, remember, I coach youth, coach 12, 13, 14, 15 year old to typically boys. Now, Am I going to keep a kid out for longer than normal? Not intentionally, not in a state cup game, especially when they've traveled far. They're always far games, it seems to be. Now I'm going to try and give them as much as I can. Their minutes may be impacted significantly in terms of them not being able to play 20 minutes consistently, and they may play smaller amounts of time. But my own philosophy, my own style is to give them as much playing time as possible. So whilst the core group of players would typically play the most of the game, the fringe players would be rotated in and given their fair shot. So I like to add in my own touch alongside the club. I'm never going to let a kid sit on the bench. Again, I'm coaching youth. And even with younger players, I would never even have such a rule like that. But it all adds up to set an expectation for the parents. And the blog post really goes into how it can help to ease, and I'll link the blog post at the end of this, how it can help to ease those frustrations, those concerns around playing time, because that's the genuine concern of parents that they want their kids to play. So look at your environment. How many times are you training? How many games do you get in in a season? And I've seen two sides of things where maybe you build on loads of friendlies, you go to loads of tournaments and you play lots and lots of games and you'll see some clubs boasting about how their kids have played 50 or 60 games in a year. And then you go to another club who say that they reserve all of their games for high level competition and they focus highly on training environments. So now you have to decide what works best for you, what works best for the families, what works best for the players. Do you feel like your players need more experience of games and therefore setting up more and more friendlies and more games, whether that's inter-club, especially right now, the situation. I know if you're on the East Coast, you're probably laughing because everything's back to normal for you apparently. And yet here on the West Coast, everybody's still training in a five by five square, or at least they should be. So now is a high training environment for us here, but perhaps you're going to capitalize on that time on the East Coast now where you set up more scrimmages, you set up more games, you get out and play more and more games. Now suddenly your players are getting more experience, they're getting more opportunity to experience the game. Now parents may be a little more flexible with the amount of time that they're playing or the way that they're playing, but you are setting a standard for those players, for those families to follow. Nothing is in the dark. Nothing is a a crapshoot as to whether their kid's going to play today. Could you imagine driving your kid two hours, three hours, or whatever the distance is for a, for a typical game, and then not really knowing what the performance is going to be like, not really knowing what to expect for your kid? If you play within the San Francisco Youth Soccer League, we have a minimum playing time rule for all recreational soccer. 
And that's at least 50%. So you know exactly what to expect when you turn up. And when you don't get what you were expecting, there are consequences for the coach. There are follow-ups that you can have with the league that will assure you that we are doing what we can for your player, but also that you are going to get the best opportunity and the best voice that you can have. Now, this is our version of the 48-hour rule. Come to us as an organization so we can help you out. Typically for a parent within an organization, you might find that the directors of coaching are also coaching their own teams and therefore removed from the typical game situations, unless you have your own complex and you have a technical director or a director coaching present. But typically your players and your families will come to you as a first point of contact, which explains why dad will say to you in the parking lot, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And you know exactly what's coming. If you haven't perhaps set this standard down the road of saying, hey, I really want your players to develop. Here is what I want them to develop with through an IDP, through a positional profile. Here are the things that I am challenging your player on so that you understand the bigger picture. Here is how our team is playing. So when you see perhaps that your player isn't matching those standards of the rest of the players around them, you'll be a little more understanding if that player doesn't necessarily play as much. Of course, they're still parents. Of course, they care about their child first and foremost, just like I do now with my daughter. All I care about is her playing. When she gets older, all I'm going to be watching is her, really. But there's an understanding of where that player fits within the environment. You've taken time and attention with that player and followed an IDP and are beginning to understand what they want to achieve in soccer more and more. Now this holistic development is showing itself and it's not just resulting itself in playing time. I had a really good discussion with a friend of mine about his approach and his understanding of the 48-hour rule and what he does in his own environment. And the conversation happened in a Facebook group that I have and I want you to hit me up if you want to join. It's about, I call it the environment mastermind. And it's about everything other than the X's and the O's. So what are you doing with your players? What are you doing with your parents? What are you doing with your club environment? Do you understand where you fit within the club environment? And things like rings of influence that you can begin to grow as an individual, whether that's as a coach or as a director, and how you can really influence that environment more so than just saying, I'm a coach and this is what I do. So if you're interested in joining, right now it's free entry. So just hit me up on Twitter at Lead on Soccer and I'll send you the link to join in or you can find me Lead on Soccer on Facebook too. Both will resolve and I'll, I'll help you get into the group. And part of that 48-hour rule discussion happened in this group and the, the conversation goes around much around the idea of I need the cooling off period and I respect the cooling off period that nobody can come and, and shout at you and, and it's passionate and it's it's frenzied. But Think about if you go, and as you've probably heard this before, but you go to Apple and you buy a new iPhone and then it doesn't work or you don't like it. And then you go back to Apple and they say, yeah, you have to come back in 48 hours, I'm afraid. Now, it's the same thing when you say to a parent, you can't talk to me for 48 hours. Everything I said in the blog post about setting the environment, about setting challenges for your players to help them understand where they are and to help them have a real conversation with their parents as a player and fully understand why they may not have played as many minutes or why there are other players playing ahead of them in their favorite position, it's still going to come to a point where a parent may say, hey, I need to talk to you. I would like to talk to you about this situation. 
How do you deal with that? Do you just tell them no? Someone comes up to you in the parking lot and says, no, you can't talk to me. No, I don't want to get into a shouting match, and maybe I don't really want to get into an explanation over a specific moment in the game. And that's where I think a rule like that is fair. But you don't need a rule, and that's the whole idea of my, my setup here, that you don't need a rule for that. What you really need is a relationship and an understanding with the families that says, I've made a decision based on the game, and we can talk about that. But it's not going to be as such that I'm never going to give you the answer that you want because you are already wanting to talk to me about the situation that your player experienced. So that player's experience has already happened. Now, I put a lot of work into my individuals and my IDPs into conversations and relationships with players. So no decisions that I make for them should really be a surprise. But I'm sure there are surprises when I play them in a different position or I ask them to fulfill something a little different or I take them out of the game when they're not used to coming out of the game. But that's part of my relationship with them. So if a parent wants to come and talk to me about that, I want to hear what their concern is. And then if I feel comfortable, I will talk to them because I have that relationship with them. It's never really going to be a heated discussion. It's going to be a friendly, respectful conversation. But if it's something that I'm not very comfortable in talking about, I'm going to say, let me get back to you. Let me get my in my head around this. Let's get away from the game environment. And I'll call you later. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow at practice on Tuesday, practice, whatever the day may be. But I'm going to address it. And I think often this 48 hour rule can be misconstrued to the point that someone says, you can't talk to me for 48 hours. So then perhaps they stew on it or and what I think is really the case, everybody hopes that the problem goes away. And then we hope that the problem goes away. So if my daughter hasn't played for 20 minutes in a game and she gets the last five minutes and then we leave, now I have two choices. I can stew on it and think about how I'm so mad that she didn't play 20 minutes and we gave up four hours of our Saturday morning to drive all the way to this game for her not to play. Or I can say, okay, fair enough, maybe next time, maybe next time she'll get more opportunity and that's good. And then we'll, we'll hopefully see what happens next time. But then the problem goes away. There's been no conversation with the coach. There's been no understanding of my perspective from the coach. And it doesn't mean that they should listen to me as a parent and listen to me and say, okay, well, I know you're going to get mad, so I'll definitely give your daughter more playing time. But how can I then let this go over and over again? And then eventually I'm just so mad that it becomes a blow up. Instead of saying to the coach or as a coach or inviting parents to say how they really feel or at least raise the question. And then I can address that with them later on. This is about respect. I work in a pay to play environment. So these parents are paying me. It doesn't give them a privilege or a right to shout at me as somebody pointed out in the Facebook group. And I fully respect that. I fully respect that. I don't want anyone shouting at me just like anybody else doesn't want anyone shouting at them, but it comes from the relationship. And that's the whole idea of skirting around this rule of 24 hours or 48 hours that it really puts the onus on you to develop this relationship with both players and parents. So everybody understands what's going on. And my final note is that some people worry about sharing their game model or their approach to the game in some fear that perhaps they're giving themselves away or maybe they just don't really know what they're doing anyway and that might be a way for them to be found out and actually I think that's a good thing because if you're working with children you're working in 
the environment and the game that I love and that I put a lot of time into, I want you to do your best for it. And right now, many coaches can skirt around with a playing experience or because they're nice people, but very, very rarely are they held accountable. And this is one way that they can be held accountable. We want to see what you are offering to our player holistically. We want to see what the player's team is going to be experiencing, what they're going to be working on, as opposed to just technical passing or shooting or tackling or whatever it is. And then hopefully we go and win in a game. And in that situation, the best players will typically play because they are the best players to impact the game. We have a full training environment that develops a game model. Everybody's learning the same way. Everybody's learning to play in the same model. So maybe everybody has a role within that environment. And so I really want to highlight rules Rules are very harsh, and especially something like a no communication rule. And I think you might find that if you're in a competitive environment, there are more other clubs, other teams, other coaches who will be more outgoing than a typical 48-hour no-talk-to-me rule. And you may find that you lose players. You may find that you lose families because of simple rules like this that you can avoid by putting in a little bit of work up front. I'm going to wrap up today with a little kind of release again. The fact that my book is out, 1v1s outside of the box. I would love for you to pick up a copy. You can get it on Amazon. Just go onto Amazon and search for 1v1s outside the box. You can also just search my name, Lee Dunn, and you'll find a list of my books on there with my notebooks too for game day and for player development too. I would love to know what you think. I'd love to know if you have the 48-hour rule. Hit me up on Twitter or join my Facebook group. I'd love to see you on there too. Please, please, please talk to your families, talk to your players, build relationships. Things like being shouted at for the amount of playing time will soon disappear because you're much more compassionate to their situation and they're certainly much more compassionate towards you. More coming from Heads and Volleys real soon.